For most entrepreneurs, what's at stake in a business is not only their legacy, but their livelihood. Now, more than ever, small businesses need support. Pinesall and Essence are on a mission to celebrate and support the enduring legacy of Black women in business and champion women entrepreneurs. We're hosting the first ever Build Your Legacy contest to award a $100,000 grant to one Black female entrepreneur in support of her business. And now we need your help to find a winner. Check out the video interviews from the phenomenal semifinalists and cast your vote today. Voting ends on July 1st. Head to www.essence.com slash your legacy. Well, I've been in that position before where I feel like, where I feel like um, people don't appreciate the person that I am. And I had to ask myself, what am I doing? What am I not doing to show people who, who you are, you know? And at that time I found out that I was like, I was being too mysterious about what it is that I do. The greats aren't the greats because they played it safe. Am I right? Those we consider giants in their field became those giants because they knew what they were capable of. And they also knew who they were. Much like this week's guest, Jermaine Dupree. Many of us grew up listening to the hit records he's produced and loving the artists that he's cultivated. It took a little while for Jermaine to really step into his own. While he knew he was a talented individual, it took a little longer to build up that confidence. Part of this process involved dropping the mystery and carving out space for himself, and he digs into why that lesson is crucial for all of us. He gave us a real gem of the conversation, and he also gave us a little nugget about the late, great Aretha Franklin, and it solidified his boss mindset and how he navigates life, just being a jack of all trades and mastering every single one of them. This interview was recorded pre-pandemic at the Essence and New Voices Entrepreneurship Summit in Atlanta in December 2019. And guess what? We've got a bonus episode for you. Well, let's just call it a mini episode. Stay tuned for my conversation with Angela Stevens, AKA Angela Styles, beauty entrepreneur and Emmy award-winning hairstylist, wig maker, salon owner, brand consultant, and educator. She's a TV personality and author as well. This woman is a bad ass and you're gonna wanna stick around to hear her gems. I am sitting here with the legends the iconic, the, I just, I don't have enough words to describe you. Um, wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and everything that you've done, and uh, musical architect and exact, Grammy award winning, just receipts, blah, blah, blah. Um, Jermaine Dupree, how you huh. doing? Oh, thank you, thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. A dope intro. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, so everybody that comes on the show, I like to start with the first question. What was your very first job, that first first paycheck, that first, first, first gig? Um, Think back. Way back. Hmm. Back into time. What? what? <laughs> From what? Like, Kid. First time you got paid for doing labor. Anything. anything. Oh, I had a a, a, a lawn service. I created my own lawn service in my neighborhood. How old were you? In one neighborhood? 
14, probably 13, 14 years old. Okay. You created a lawn service. I mean, I guess that's what you call it. I mean, yeah. I that's... didn't know that. I mean, you know, I was just like, got one of my friends. It was like, we're going to just start cutting people's grass in the neighborhood. And, <laughs> you know, um, that turned into one person saying, yes, we could cut their grass. And then next person saying we could cut their grass. And okay. it started being like a situation where it was like, yo, we can make some, you know, we can make <laughs> a little bit of money. <laughs> you remember money, how much you were making? Money to have in our pocket. Yes. I mean, I think it was like, it wasn't a lot, of, you know, $50, $100 probably. Uh, that's, I mean, for a 14-year-old yeah, and, and yeah. what, you know. I mean, so like $20, $50. Yeah. It, was, it was, you know, but that's what I'm saying. It's like just to have, you know, at that point in time, you just want to have some kind of money. Like, yeah. it don't matter what it is. So I <laughs> what think is it was like, yeah, something like that. What would you like to spend that money on as a kid at 14? That that fifty that $50 that you would get from mowing lawns, what would you spend your money on? I just was just food. Yeah. You know, okay. Um, just yeah, just to eat whatever I wanted to eat, as opposed to like, well, mom's being was told, cooking. Told what to eat <laughs> and uh, being able to go get some food. Yeah. Um, just being able to just like feel like you just can just you could just survive, just be around and in, 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 yes. in, you know in 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 an atmosphere with if you got just that little bit of money. Yeah. You know, because I had it's days that I was like. I would have to call my friend and we'll like put together money to try to get like <laughs> a bigger uh, meal. Uh, um I think they had like this they like they used to have like the um where you could get like three burgers and something like that at, at McDonald's and See? these like burger deals where you had to have like three dollars and I probably had like a dollar fifty. I call my friend like, yo, what you yeah. got? You got like a dollar fifty. We try to start making it get to so we can get these. But then when you get the, you know cut grass for like fifty dollars, you're like, oh yeah, I, I can, can do that. I and I'm do still a lot good. more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always like to know. I guess you know, like the first job, because in my mind, it, it it kind of is the catalyst. I guess for when you get that first, I guess feeling of independence, and when you get paid, when you get you know paid for your labor, when you do something and you get that money back. I think there's some people that they're like, okay, okay, I like this. I, 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 I'm going to keep doing this. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. I mean, or, you know, it's, there's just a certain kind of, it launches something in all of us, I think. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. like I said, for me, it was just like, a yeah, I guess an independence thing. Because at that point, you know, you don't have to ask your parents or your mother or somebody for some money. Yeah. That's the, you know, I felt, you feel good about that. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? You feel like you're taking the pressure off that person. That's what yes. I think. That's what I was doing. I felt like I was trying to take the pressure off my mother. I said, my mother, my mother had like two jobs at the time, so I think it's like it. you're taking the pressure off your, you know, your parents. Yeah. Yeah. So also, um, speaking of your parents, your father. Yeah. Also a legend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Michael Malden. Right. Am I yes. saying the last name right? Okay. Yes. Um. He was a music executive. I'm looking at my notes. Mm-hmm. Um, how did watching him do the work that he does? How did that did that inspire you? I'm assuming it did. In what ways? Yeah, when I was super young, you know, um, that's when the times that I got to be more with my dad and watching him do what he do. But it was more or less about his relationships at that point. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Because he was like uh, a he was working with multiple artists that was in the city, like the SOS band and Brick and yes. people Bryson yes. and the Reddings and just like different relationships. And that's the kind of thing that I watched, you know, like I think I I gained some of that from him. It's just like, you know, just be able to be in the presence of everybody. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, 
make sure that everybody like you, make sure everybody want to be around you yeah. type of situation. I don't think that I was trying to do it. I think that just rubbed off because that's, that's basically what I saw him doing when I was younger. Yeah. And that's the time that I spent with him. Yeah, I get it. So um, tell me about your first, when you first realized, okay, I want to be in the music business. Like this is what, what, what did it for you? What was the catalyst? Um, it was really, it was like one thing that led to the next. Like I started dancing first and then it was like, um, the dancing led to me just learning um, music. But then it was like a time period was like, I had all these ideas and I was asking people to do things for me and they weren't bringing it to life the way I wanted it to happen. Okay. And it just, that just drove me insane and it drove me to, (laughs) to basically, start doing it myself and at that point that's when I was like okay I'm a I want to be a producer I want to write I want to do all of this um, because they're not getting it the way I want it to be you know yeah Yeah, it's interesting that you said that uh, I didn't know that you dance you were into I've I've had I've spoken to a lot of people who are in that the space and music and whether they're on the that executive side or that creative side and that was kind of their entryway. Mm-hmm. So I just I, I think that's kind of interesting. You did kind of mention earlier about you know your dad and um, that rubbing off and just seeing how he would navigate his relationships and being you did mention like being likable. Yeah. Um, has there ever been a time? in your career where you've had to just accept not being liked? Um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, I think I've think i dealt with that my whole career. Like, you know, um, it was a time period where being from Atlanta wasn't a cool thing, you yes. know? Um, Let's talk about that, too. It was too. a time period when it wasn't no Essence Festivals <laughs> and Summits in Atlanta. And it was a time yeah. period when, you know, coming from the South wasn't, like, a cool thing to even say in, yeah. in, in, in entertainment. It was like, if you wasn't from New York or LA, um, you had a hard road. So um, I had to deal with that 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 in my life. Um, just you know, putting that out there and being like, "Yo, I'm from Atlanta," and people like Atlanta. Kind of had to show and prove. You know, ain't nothing in Atlanta. Ain't yeah. nobody from Atlanta. Da, da, da. So um, yeah. So at that point, you start believing that people. I don't know if they didn't like me or not. They didn't like the fact that I was from Atlanta. Yeah. They didn't care for the that part. So it's like. You 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 just grow past, and you know that's just, that's the one thing that I had to do is like take all of that in and just be like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in Atlanta, I'm gonna keep pushing for yeah. my city. Um, what keeps you in Atlanta? Huh? What keeps you in Atlanta? Because a lot, I mean, a lot of artists, they you know, they might be in a place and kind of build up their career, and then they might go to the East Coast or the West Coast. But you, you go hard for your city. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm into space. You know, um, and when I say that, I don't think a lot of people understand what I'm saying. Like, because that's, <laughs> I guess that's how people started me out. They, like, they started me out already saying that I was like, you don't fit, you don't fit in this space because you're from the South, and y'all don't fit in this space because y'all ain't blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. So, I was, I. I took that and made, you know, a positive out of it because it's like, okay, so I'm finding my space. So every time I create an artist or every time I create an idea, anything, I'm trying to trying to find my space. I'm not yeah. trying to fit with, with what's going on. And in Atlanta, the opportunity to be first and continue to keep finding a space mm. is what Atlanta provides. Um, and that's what more and more people continue to keep coming here and finding True. out. Like, it's your... Your your opportunity 
to be first, your opportunity to do something um, is it it's still exists in Atlanta. Yeah. In other places, that feels like it's not in existence. Do you give yourself props for that? Because I do. Nah, you not, could, I'm not kinda... me. Not me. I'm saying, I'm saying <laughs> yeah. Atlanta. Just Atlanta just happens. It's not. I, I didn't design that part. I yeah. just pay attention to it. Like I, you know, last week, um, where I'm from here in Atlanta, College Park is. Um, we have our first black female um, mayor, right? So it's like the first <laughs> black female mayor. That's like three different things it's first. Fir- all, all right? first. Yeah, and it's like I'm, you know good little age at this point now so it's like <laughs> to like just imagine all these years and this is the first time this has happened so it's like Atlanta Atlanta still holds this space that you can come to Atlanta and do something for the first time in history yeah. in this area or do something for the first time in your life um, that's just you know I live for that I live yeah. to find a space that, that I sit in and then people have to either come to me to find out how to maneuver in that space or watch me to find out how to maneuver in that space. So people still come to you for mentorship? Um, Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, they don't come, they probably don't try to for guidance come, or, you they, know. They just be like trying to act yeah. like they don't be paying attention, but you you know, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard yes. not to. Yeah. Um, tell me about your, because you, you do so many things, um, you're creative, but you also have the business side down. Um, what's it? What has it been like navigating? I guess both of those worlds for as long as you have. What have you? What have you learned? Um, I learned that the the actual the actual design of it <laughs> was not designed for me. Basically, what do you mean? because people think you know I'm 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 different than what you actually believe the design of, you know, starting a business at a young age, having so many, you know, successes here and there. And then, um, that, that design is normally the person, you know, the artists, they fizzle out, the groups fizzle out, the person, the person behind the board fizzles out, that person disappears, blah, blah, blah. You could actually tell that I know that, you know, um, and it's crazy because you only feel this when you get into the latter parts of you know life and the latter parts of a career. Yeah. Um, but you can feel that people are like, "Yo, you, man, you still killing it!" Like you, you using that word "still" as if like it's... that's not what's supposed to happen. And I'm saying this is so like common yes. that you like. I'm sure that majority of people are like they see. They see talents and then they don't see talents and that's what they're used to. Yeah. Um, so I just learned that, you know, I can once again I look at that space, right? I'm looking at the space, I'm saying <laughs> I could change this space. I mm-hmm. could be the person that changes that the direction of what people actually believe How is they supposed perceive. to happen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, on this podcast, there aren't a lot of male guests. It's usually I think you might be the first the first guy oh, yeah, on the show. That's good. So that's what's you. up. Thank that's you. why Shut I'm doing up. it. See, Shut I'm up. taking that space. See what I'm saying? <laughs> Thank you. I'm in the space. Um, something that I notice about a lot of, uh, for a lot of women, a lot of, a lot of women in general, but a lot of black women, we don't talk enough about money and our careers. Um, and I want to know, when you were starting out, was there ever a time where um, maybe it was before you were kind of running things in your own space, maybe you were doing work for someone else 
and where you felt like you were being lowballed, where you had to negotiate and, um, you know, pretty much tell someone your value. What advice do you have for people who have to, who, you know, who are negotiating their value? Um, I don't know that I've ever been in that position, but okay, um, okay, consider yourself blessed. <laughs> consider yourself. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I don't. You know, I, I think, I think it's a thing that happens. Um, where if you feel like you need to tell people your value, then you haven't done enough. That's just what I think. Like mm. you haven't, you haven't, you haven't shown them your value. Mm. Um. And it's 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 ways to show, you know. It's more ways to show. You just have to find that what it is. What what is it that you aren't doing to yeah. show people? I've been in that position before. Where okay. I feel like okay. Where I feel like um, people don't appreciate the person that I am, and I had to ask myself, what am I doing? What am I not doing to show people who who you are? Yeah. You know. Okay. And at that time, I found that that I was like. I was being too mysterious about what it is that I do. Interesting. So you, how did you, how did you kind of rectify that? I mean, I, I don't believe that I've completely rectified it, but I believe you that are I've, mysterious. I've, I believe that I've, I've, I've <laughs> you're believe still that mysterious, I've, but you out here still. So. Yeah, I believe that I believe <laughs> that I'm on the path of people actually finally knowing, like, oh, well, okay, I know this guy. I know exactly what he does. For a minute, I think people. You know, people, they didn't know. They just knew Jermaine Dupri is a producer. And then they thought, like, this person did this and this person did this and this person did this. Yeah. As opposed to, like, this person, this person doing this all. This one person. This doing, He's yeah, pointing you know? at himself, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. And, and, and the problem with that is that when you do that, that seems very cocky and you just try. So I stay away from I try. I never was like, yeah, me, me, me. But, um, but I, that's I mean, another I thing. You, you can't. You can't. You can't never be about not saying me, me, me. If it's me, me, me. Yes. If it's you, you, you. If you did you, the work, then you get to do Yeah, you got to make sure they okay. know. Okay, I love that. And, I mean, even going through, you know, obviously, I'm, maybe just a little bit, I was digging around, doing a little research <laughs> on you, making sure I got my facts right. <laughs> but it was just amazing to go through <laughs> not just your catalog, but just, like, your accolades. Like, you've done so much, and I forgot. Yeah. And you don't really know that until like you know you're reading and you well, see, see that's it. what i'm saying you do yeah. know it you do okay. know it okay i do know it you do know it <laughs> but it's the, the like i said i'm not i yeah. for years before i was never like me 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 i was never like that i was just yeah. like you know i get what i get and i'm you know i'll take it as it comes but um like i said i realized like you said that you saying that alone that was one of the things i'm like people act like they don't know what I they don't yes, know they forget right? you know if I the people that I admire I never hear people say that about them I never yeah. hear people say they don't know about Quincy Jones I never hear people say they don't know nothing about Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis like yeah. I know you guys but I didn't know you I never hear people say that so I figured there's something that I was doing that alluded to people saying that and now it's you know it's make fully. no mistake huh? I know your receipts <laughs> I no, know no, no, like no, you this, definitely but, but, got you know yeah, but, but there was a moment where I was like wow and also, I think, like, because I, I talk to a lot of black women who, you know, they they run their own, own business or they're starting out and they do feel very hidden. And so it's interesting to hear you say that. I think there is an illusion that, um, that you know, men just come in just extra boisterous and, and just, you know, 
cocky, like you were saying, and you don't, that's not you. That's not who you are. Yeah. Um, like you said, there is still a little, little mystery, yeah. which I actually think is also very dope. <laughs> like the work speaks for itself. If you're paying attention, then, you know, you see the work. And if not, then, I, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's why I was big on that. But yeah. I, I still feel like, you know, you should, if I had to give anybody advice, I've, my advice is in this day and era, yeah. Um, mystery is really not the thing because uh, you'll I hate lose, hearing that, but I get it. You'll you'll <laughs> you'll you'll miss something trying to be mysterious, yeah. Because it's that it, that mysterious thing is only for you, yeah. Right, and we don't we so unfortunately we're not living just for us anymore. Yeah. So tell me about you've worked with some legendary acts, um, and you've been very successful and, and I'm, I don't want to say there's a formula. I don't know your process, but um, is there, how do you bring out the creativity in people? Because you do, you bring out a lot of, you know, when you listen to the music, the music speaks for itself, but there's something there. And I do think, especially when dealing with people who are creative, they have mm. to have somebody that can really be able to bring that out of them. Well, I, I would say, thank God that it happened. <laughs> earlier in my life that it just happened because I feel like I was I actually I don't feel like I actually was put in my place as a producer when I worked with Aretha Franklin and she actually was like the first so artist you, you were putting your place by Aretha yes that's pretty that's the career yeah, yeah, I was put in my place. I was, I was I was put on the right track by yes, Aretha okay. so that's what I'm saying prior to that I'm not really sure what I was doing yeah. and how I had success like that but Speaking to Aretha, she really put me on the track of like, you know, what I'm supposed to do when I go in the studio. Yeah. And, I, you know, so I just had the same conversation with the Clark sisters the other day about how. You better drop these iconic <laughs> names. <laughs> you better how, drop these receipts. About how, <laughs> you know, they was asking me questions about how. How was I going to produce them? And yeah. was I going to say, and I was like, listen, Aretha told me. <laughs> That you know, I better speak up and act like I'm in the studio to work and wow. don't and don't and and understand my position. That's another thing that I think that I would let people know. If you have a position, people expect for you to play that position. So if yeah. you we talking about being a boss, if you the boss, people actually expect for you to act like the boss. They don't act. They don't actually expect you to be soft and be like let things fly and yeah. not get mad at people and not curse people out and <laughs> all of that you know it's 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 cuz yeah, I had to go through that a lot of times I'd be thinking like man I don't know if I'm you know if I'm being too hard on a person but you, you, your position is this and my position is this yeah. right and each one of us got to play our positions yeah and that's that's a lot of times how people lose their business and lose business periods just like you don't, don't play, play your position. position. You got to play your position. And like I said, Aretha, she let me know I'm the singer. <laughs> Wait, can we talk about this Aretha moment? You the, you the producer. I'm the, I'm the singer. <laughs> yes. And she's like, if you ain't going to say nothing, I'm going to go home and cook. And Uh-oh. I was like, oh, okay. Well. Wait, Wait, Aretha, she said that. I love it. <laughs> what was this? What were you working on? Um, I think the Rose album. That's what the album oh, she was okay. yeah. um, yes. So I did song, her second single on the Rose album. And... Yeah. Um, I flew to Detroit and she came in the studio. Um and, and I was just, you know, place. in awe because <laughs> it was like one, I'm in the studio with Aretha Franklin. Two, it's like in Detroit. She's amazing. It was like 
I don't really know what to tell you. Like, yeah. to, you singing ain't you doing it just like I wanted to be done? <laughs> and then she was like, "Nah, I'm not. I'm not really going for that." And then I had to realize, like, the producers that she probably been in the studio with, they probably was, they probably treated her like I treat my younger artists, yes. not like Aretha Franklin. So she didn't want me to treat her like Aretha Franklin. She wanted me to treat her like. I just You're met her and tell her exactly what I wanted. And yeah. that put me in my mindset to, to know that when I'm in the studio, no matter who I'm in the studio with, that's my position. Yes. That's what they expect. They expect me to be a leader. the producer. Yes. <laughs> After we leave, that's something else. But while we in the studio, they expect me and my expertise, I guess, to to give them the points that they supposed to be. There's no other need for us to yeah. be in a room together. Have there been any other moments in your career where you're working with an artist and um, they kind of, where they school you? Not, well, that's... I think it was just Aretha? Well, Mariah. Mariah, <laughs> okay. I will say. Um, you How know, did Mariah I, school you? Yeah, yeah, I learned a lot from Mariah. What'd um, you learn? Um, So many things, just about writing, just about... Um, the layering of vocals. Yes. Um, the fact that you can layer multiple vocals and have different parts doing so many different things. And, um, you know, ideas about, like, if you write an idea, uh, Mariah would write an idea about a song and then come up with another idea and then go back and use that same idea once she's comfortable with the idea that she's that she likes. She'll still find a way to put one of these other ideas in. Next. I'm the guy that if I have an idea writing, I'll find the idea that I like or I'll start an idea. Yeah. And if that's not what I like, I'll come up with you something up. else and okay. I'll go with that one and I'll leave the other, I'll throw all the other stuff away. And she's she, like, no, no wasted ideas. Well, I mean, she no, just, yeah. she feels like, I, I, I mean, I never asked her about it. I just watch it and it feels like she just feels like if I'm writing to this sound, Whatever's coming to me at this point should be yeah. a part of the song in some kind of way. Obviously, you know, as a black woman, I like the idea of, like black women schooling you still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a little biased. I'm just nah, but I also think it's it's I mean, I as I don't care where you are in life and what position. I love what you said about playing your position, but you you're still learning. You're still yeah, able, yeah, you know, it's still you it's yeah. you're not above you know, you're not above it. Like, yeah, definitely. Not, yeah. Not, I mean, what you like to say, you going in the studio with these people. These people are like, these are gods. You are I, in the studio I, with, I, you know? I would love to like <laughs> ask you about all these stories for like <laughs> an hour, but I know you can't do that. Yeah. Where do you see in terms of entertainment and just where Atlanta is going? Where do you see Atlanta in the next, you know, 20 years? Two pack for somebody to get in. No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the rent is um, too damn high. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I hope it ever. I hope it never changes. You know, I hope it continues to keep providing this space. You know, I hope that what I what I what I hope to see happen is that somebody else looks at Atlanta the way I look at um, business and look at everything and say I could do this in my city yeah I just have to blah 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 yes. and I just have to da 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 because it could be done in all these other places and it's other places that do have this same opportunity but you have to push you yeah. have to you know you have to have um you have to have this this energy in you to make that happen yeah what other what besides the energy too what other advice do you have for people who 
are in Atlanta or in these places and they're trying to get seen and they're, you know, they're trying to get heard. They're trying to get out here. How? how? Especially with, there's so many opportunities now. Like, it's, I'm, I think uh, a pessimist might say it's too much. An optimist might say, oh, no, no, no. This is like Instagram and social media. Like, this is great. But, like, how do you, how do you stand out? I think that you, you know, you got to figure out what it is once again you gotta figure out your position you yeah. know um um i'm hit every day with everybody thinks they are artists you know it's no <laughs> way possible you're an artist yeah um you know and you might hear me say that and think that i'm being negative but it's not no. it's, i'm not I'm, I'm telling you it's something else that you probably do better than being an artist usually everybody just wants to be an artist you yeah. know it's just like me i wanted to play football i wanted to yeah. go to the nfl but that wasn't that wasn't my calling. Yeah. You so, know, and you have to like know that. You can't go down in the flames cuz that's <laughs> cause not that's where you, you at, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. I'm sh- shorter than I'm than everybody on the field. <laughs> it just didn't work out for me. So yeah. I, it was like no matter how much I was into it, it, you have to realize that ain't what you here for. Yeah. And that's the same thing with music and all of this. It's like you know, yes, yeah, the, the doors seem wide open, but it ain't made for everybody and everybody got something else that they could possibly do a little bit better than what they think. So you gotta you gotta find your calling. What when did you know you were where you were supposed to be in terms of your career? When you when you said, okay, this is my calling, what did it for you? Um when it when it speaks to you without you going at it. Was um, there a specific moment where you were yeah, in the like studio I, or when I was when I was like I wanna say when I was around twelve Mowing them lawns, and you said, "This is not my calling." No, no, I was, I was, um, I was. My mother, and my father was pushing me to go take piano lessons, and okay. and I was going to voice lessons and all of this, and I, I hated it. <laughs> Actually, okay. I like really, really hated going. Yeah. It was like I would go, but I, I wasn't in love with it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I would go, but I wasn't in love with it. And to be a producer that, that I am today. I'm sure people are like what you didn't love it, right? Yeah. So, but that's what I'm saying. Something happened. I wanted to play football. I wanted to do sports. I want. I thought that I was gonna be like that. So I was into more like I'm doing this, but I really want to play football. Yeah. And then that's pretty dope, I, though. They, I mean, of, of course, like your dad. You know, he's in the music bit, so he understands <laughs> the value of a piano lesson. I'm sure. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I don't think like, I don't think I don't think they knew. They just wanted yeah. me to take it. They just okay. wanted me to take it and see what was going to happen. Yeah. Um. But like I said, I went through this period where I started dancing too. That's another yes. thing. I started dancing, and the dancing became a love for me. Right. So then the piano lessons and all that. I'm like, ah, I'm dancing. I'm cool. I don't need mm-hmm. this. But then I also some that I saw. I went on tour and I saw that this dancing thing wasn't going to last long. Okay. Like it wasn't, it, it couldn't be something I could do forever. Yeah. Um, and then I start falling in love with just hip hop in well, itself. What did it for you? What I, what, I'm what thinking was just that? being on the tour. I was yeah. on tour as, you know, on the New York City Fresh Fest okay. when I was 12. And <laughs> so hold uh, on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you were on tour at, at like at twelve. Yes. Yeah. 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 What, other, what were you listening to at twelve? What other music? Tell me some artists. Listening to? Yes. I was just discovering music at twelve. Were you think. discovering? Like, this was like the, my introduction to hip hop. Um, yeah. I you know I had heard I was hearing R and B music my whole life. Yeah. You know, but hip hop 
and like the newer sound of music was just like this was that was the beginning of it for me in like 90 no 84 Got it. 84 and 85 86 I was on tour so them three three years and um I could use my imagination yeah but I was born in 84 oh okay. <laughs> I want right. to tell me some artists who All right, you listening so 84, to at the time 84 is probably like the the beginning of like Run DMC yes okay um that's what I wanted. I mean, you, like I said, you, I yeah, kind of figured. DMC, I you, know, I like, know. <laughs> like all of these artists, like UTFO, these yes, artists, they okay. weren't out yet. So they was just coming. So it was like the beginning. Like Run DMC's first album was like the one. And then Houdini's first album. Um, and then Grandmaster Flash. It wasn't a lot. It was just yeah, these just like a couple of these guys. Yeah. But slowly but surely, it was more and more music coming out. So like every week, a new record would come out. The Fat Boys or somebody like this is new. Yeah. I was like. Oh my God! Like this, the movie Johnny Five. I was like yeah. that, like uh, like whatever I could get. I was just trying to like you're trying to you were you taking know, it yeah, all take in. it in, right? Yeah, especially to be and, twelve. And at then that time. um, that's that's basically it. I start, you know, I just fell in love with the culture. And once you fall in love with the culture, you want to be a part of it, you know. And then at that point, I wanted to be, I wanted to make records. I wanted to rap. I wanted yeah. to dance. I wanted to DJ. You, I, I started falling in love, and that's when I saw it. I yeah. saw it like nobody yes. had to tell me. My dad wasn't to my mother, and nobody it was just like this. What I, this? This where I want to be. And they were and, supportive. Yeah, very supportive. Yeah. you know, they just was watching it happen. Like I'm sure they was like, we tried to tell you this a <laughs> with of that years piano ago, lesson. But, and... Yeah, but you didn't want to pay no attention. You just, yes, <laughs> you, know, you want to waste our money and not, you know what I mean? Because it was yeah. like I didn't. I really was like going but i wasn't in love with it okay you know so um i have one more question for you Mm -hmm. you did kind of talk about usually i ask um tell me about some women in your life or who who you've met and i somebody who's unbossed to you but to be honest i don't think it gets more unbossed than mariah and aretha yeah yeah totally (laughs) but tell me what does the word unbossed mean to you unbossed unbossed you ain't got no boss um (laughs) You are your own leader to me. That's uh-huh. why I got you on here. You say what? You you are your own leader to me. You've carved your own path. Now I'm informing you, but but for context, that's why that's why it was important for me mm. to talk to you because okay. you've done you've done all these things, and yeah. to me, you are a boss. Mm, okay. <laughs> you get more right. than that. Well, I but mean, for you. well, if that's the definition, then I feel like you <laughs> Did know. I feed it to you. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that. I mean, well, okay. I feel like I feel I feel like I'm surrounded around. I'm not, not surrounded, but I'm I'm, I'm mostly around. A majority of people that are unbossed and they 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 create their own path and um you know make sure that they drive their points home. Yes. You know, um that's that's one thing that I feel like um people don't really understand about me is like I'm I'm determined to drive my point home. Yeah. Um and I don't have a check um system my check system is my gut Mm. and i feel like my gut has always been right and i never really even my gut i don't even feel like my gut is ever wrong i think my gut's always telling me what's wrong that is very unbossed but yeah (laughs) follow that gut yeah yeah yeah, yeah. my gut is very unbossed thank you jermaine all right thank you hey y'all as promised Here's our bonus boss segment with beauty entrepreneur Angela Stevens, sponsored by Pine Stall. 
Hey everyone, I'm here with Angela Christine Stevens, AKA Angela C. Styles. Uh, this woman is a serial entrepreneur with extensive experience in the beauty industry. Welcome Angela, how are you? So much for having me, how are you? I'm great. <laughs> I'm good. I love your hair, your curls are popping. Thank you. I love like what you're giving me right now. It's you're giving me like light and you know, and like I can tell, you're definitely a woman in beauty. So oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that that's what I exude. Yeah. Thank you. Like it's dewy. I love it. Um, so let's just let's jump right into it. I know this is a, a brief segment, so I want to get as much in as we possibly can. Um when was the moment that you knew that you wanted to be A, in the beauty industry, and B, you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Okay, so the moment that I knew I wanted to be in the beauty industry was probably at some point when I was a child. I've always like loved hair. You know, most people, most kids like to go to like Toys R Us when they were a kid. I like to go to the beauty supply. So I was always... <laughs> I knew that that was my calling. As far as becoming an entrepreneur, I think that's something that I had to realize was a part of pursuing my passion. Mm. But it's not something that they, they as in like the education spaces around like cosmetology and, you know, even the understanding of doing hair is they don't really put entrepreneurship in that same conversation. And so you don't really realize you have to be a full entrepreneur until you're yeah. like, okay, I'm getting this money. Now, how do I brand myself? How do I do yeah. this? Okay, now I need an accountant. Now I need, you know, and so it's it's kind of one of those things that just kind of happens. And then you you decide to put the jacket on and say, all right, this is who I am. You know what, what I mean? Yeah. This is what I want to do. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's such a different skill set. You know, you have like just being a leader, dealing with the money and it's just, it's very different. So um, yeah. yeah, speaking of money, um, gaining access to capital is often the most challenging aspect, I think for, especially for black women entrepreneurs. So can you just kind of, just briefly kind of talk about how did you navigate even that space and just gaining access to capital, especially for your first entrepreneurial launch? So um, one of the first things that I learned about when I was like in my early 20s or even my late teens was um, the importance of having credit. Mm. And I know a lot of times in the black community, it's like, oh, no, don't get those credit cards. It's going to ruin your life kind of thing. And but I thankfully was taught and educated on having credit and the importance of it and, you know, having these longer lines like longer history of credit so you can access capital. Um, so credit has been probably one of the most beneficial things to to my brand. Um, and I've made, I've had the pleasure of making a lot of, generating a lot of capital through work. So I've kind of used um, having credit and then also being able to kind of build and generate my own capital to help feed that and grow the business. Um, and then now moving, moving into what we're dealing with, with the quarantine and COVID and everything, it kind of, it made me really focus on like readjusting my business plan and focusing mm -hmm. on how to plan for the future. And so with having all this free time, because obviously I can't work right now, 
I was able to restructure my business plan and also reach out and apply for as many loans and grant opportunities wow. and everything that I possibly could. So thankfully, I was able to reap the benefits of some of those. So now I'm in a new place of of having capital is that I, I've gotten a chance to get a larger lump sum and really plan wow. ahead for the rest of the year. So mm-hmm. this time has been a blessing, even though it's come through very uncomfortable circumstances, but it's really important to have credit and establish credit um, so that you can access these opportunities because there are quite a few financial opportunities out here right now. Yeah. Wow. Um, Also, so you, so when all this happened, what, around March, you kind of just went right to it and you started like uh, researching loans and other grants and you've already succeeded in that in a way? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah, I have. And I didn't know if anything was going to come through, you know what I mean? But Thankfully, my e-commerce business was helping to keep me afloat. Um, I have a a hairline called Conscious Curls. So I was selling and retailing wigs through that. I was also challenging customers who already had hair extensions to just send those to me and I can make wigs out of it. Just being resourceful in that way. Um, And so in my free time of of not dealing with my products, I was I hired um, someone to help me restructure and refocus my business plan. So just being real, I'm not a numbers person. I'm more of a creative. So I, I had to hire someone to help me with the whole spreadsheets and putting it all together for me. My strength lies in, in being a visionary and then also being creative and trying to help find ways to satisfy what customers need versus what's available on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by putting my strengths with someone else's strengths, as far as the whole business planning and preparation and that whole thing, I was able to get a re-updated business plan. And so I've been pitching, you know, to um, personal, you know, friends and people who I know have more access to capital as well as applying for all of the loans and um, opportunities within the CARES Act, you know, everything yeah. from the P loan to the IDLE loan. That too. I, had a, I was going to ask if you, <laughs> because, because I think, um, I will say this, I think loans, those discussions is something I do want to have more of on this podcast, especially in these times, because so many of us, you know, that's, that's, that's what we're doing right now. Um, and I, what I hear out there, I spoke to an expert very recently and she kind of noted uh, just some of the things, the challenges that she sees when she's approving, you know, these loan applications for us. Um, and I mm. thought it was interesting for her to kind of break that down. But that said, when going through this whole process of getting capital and seeing what these options are for you, do you have any tips for women out there who, you know, are, they're seeking these opportunities and maybe they're not getting them? Um, I would say, first of all, apply, apply, apply. <laughs> like for every grant opportunity. I mean, I applied for things where it was a thousand dollar grant um, yeah. up to things that were a hundred thousand dollar opportunities. And so um <clears throat> A lot of the grant opportunities did not necessarily come through for me, but I also think that many of the grants they were trying to give away to people who are really focusing on um, the community aspect of things. And, you know, beauty is kind of overlooked in that conversation. I mean, in most most applications, there's not even a, a, a beauty option, you know, even though it's a billion dollar business, you know, they have like agricultural and <laughs> education and mechanics and this and that. There's no line item for beauty industry or salon services, hair care, 
wellness. There's no line item for that. So it already lets you know if you're in that field, you're kind of not respected in the same way as some of these other categories as far as education and science and um, politics and things like that. Um, And so that was a little bit frustrating for me because I'm like, we need to be represented, you know, on these applications. But it didn't stop me from trying. You know what I mean? Um, I also think a lot of times we have these products or these services, but we're not really focusing on how it meets the needs of consumers on a, a more broad general level and and even having sentences that are like your elevator pitch, you know, a quick, a quick way to explain what you do, how you do it and why you do it. Yeah. I think it's super important for people. I still am working through those kind of things. But then also being able to have um, the business a- aspect set up. So having your entities fully formed and being able to show on paper who you've been paying. Um, that was a, that was something that I had to really like learn how to kind of refocus because I've been paying all of my, my, um, freelancers, you know, just cash apping them or, you know, paying quick pay and things like that. And so I, I immediately set up payroll. So it's not the PPP loan. I don't feel like I was really able to access as much. I, um, I qualified for a SBA loan, I think through the, um, idle program. Yeah. Okay. But what I learned through these application processes is how much I still need to get in place so that if something like this happens again, or if I need to access more capital, then I will have the right things and the paperwork in place. But depending on the lender, I think they're all looking for different things. So some people are looking for a unique story, whereas others are looking for all the paperwork and the taxes and everything to show yeah. what already been providing whereas other people are looking to see just see if you have good credit you know yeah. and i think it's a combination of really focusing on all three of those boxes at the same time and while we have this downtime you know i just was trying to pour into it, all of them and make sure that all my ducks are in a row got it good tips those are great tips especially all three of those boxes um often we hear about the technicalities like having all your paperwork and these tax do- tax documents and things like that so um i like the idea of having your you know that story so to speak um something that i've noticed over my years of speaking with super dope amazing talented black women i almost cursed i don't even know if i can curse right now but you know what i was gonna say talented black women um <laughs> I noticed that we have a really hard time, um, I guess, being our own hype woman in a way, or at least vocalizing why we're so dope, you know, talking about our receipts. So can you do me a favor and tell me and for anyone out there, what are your receipts? Why are you so dope as a businesswoman? Wow. Oh, you put me on the spot. <laughs> I'm a hype woman. Let me, uh, you say it and I'm going to hype you up. Okay, well, I, I would just say from from the beginning, um, I have all of the makings of why I shouldn't be successful. Um, I come from a broken home, fatherless, you know, child, um, low income, you know, upbringing from the south side of Chicago. Um, there, those factors alone, you know, I shouldn't be where I'm at. But where I'm at is I'm a, a self-published author. Um, I'm an Emmy award-winning hairstylist. I have been a brand ambassador and an educator for many well-known brands that you may know, like my Annex and Cantu. And I've been on 
television screens all across the country and all across the world, people know my name. You know what I mean? I've been to Ibiza and I met people like, oh my God, Angela, I love you. You know, and I've spoken to people in South Africa and this place and that place. And they're like, we love you over here in London. And, and you know, and so for me to be this, just this chick from the South side of Chicago that just wanted to do hair because I liked braiding and doing all these things. I've had the opportunity to touch some of the most world-renowned people. Like I've been able to work with Beyonce. I've been able to color hair for Rihanna. I've been able to work with Kiki Palmer and Eve is one of my best friends. And, you know, just to be able to say that I use my talent to, to get into these spaces and be around people that I not only admire, but I looked up to as a child um, a lot of times and to be able to to stand next to them and stand on my own two feet. And I just, I have a lot of self-respect. I speak on what I believe in. Um, mm -hmm. I think that that alone is super important, especially in this climate. You know, we are being attacked from all angles. And as a black woman, I'm proud to say that, you know, I have kinky hair, I have brown skin, and I'm proud to stand on those things and run my business and sell my product and educate women and, 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 instill the importance of them feeling beautiful and being beautiful and having the accolades to back me up. So yeah. I'm, I'm just dope. I don't get a chance to say, I don't say those things that often because I kind of feel like there's no time for that. There's, there's time to do more work. Yeah. And I think as black women in general, we are more focused on doing more work and, and, setting these new goals and these new heights for ourselves without actually going back, doing an inventory on what we've already accomplished. Um, but so I thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for doing what you do. And also I, I think that's something I've learned over the years too, because we're always so focused on what's next. I'm surviving. We don't focus on the fact that we've survived already. And I think oh <laughs> that's a, that's a huge way to, you know, keep you motivated and pushing you forward to the future. So thank you for what you thank you for being bomb. Um, two last questions for you. I want to keep this going for so much longer, <laughs> but um, as you know, the name of this podcast it is Unbossed. Uh, so it is, you know, it's for women who essentially are their own bosses or they are, you know, self starters in a way. So. The first question is, tell me what the word unbossed means to you. What does it mean to be unbossed? And uh, next, tell me about, you know, a woman in your life who is unbossed. She could be dead, alive, fictional, doesn't matter. Um, so unbossed, it, it means that nobody is telling me what to do. But with that, there is a certain level of pressure to, to know what to do. And so I think while um, it may sound like it's freedom, there's also a lot of pressure to make sure that you are on the right track of your own trajectory, you know? Yeah. And so um, it's definitely a double-edged sword. It's a gift and a curse. It's, um, it's a blessing in disguise, but <laughs> it requires a lot of focus, um, a lot of confidence, a lot of faith. Um, and, but it's a, it's a pleasure to be unbossed, you know, I, so I'm getting unemployment as well. Shout out. <laughs> resources. resources, look, that is a resource, a valid resource and it is a needed one. Yes. <laughs> you know, there's another, I have a, a whole other business that I'm running, um, where I do have to wake up every morning and say, okay, 
what do I need to do? What do we need to do? How can I lead the people who are reporting to me? And and what what else do I need to pay attention to? Or what do I need to read? What do I need to, you know, there's always just a level of more learning and um, coming to the table, just trying to be better every day. And so being unbossed, there's nobody to tell you how to do that. And so you also have to reach out to other unbossed women in order to help lead you and guide you into the next phase. And so with your second question, um, I, I had a lot of criticism about this film, but it also motivated me in a huge way. And that was the Madam CJ Walker story. Yeah. Okay. Overall, I I've always known about, um, Annie Malone because I'm from Chicago and she was a Midwestern, um, you know, woman and she did amazing things in St. Louis and in Chicago. And so I've always known about her. Um, and I've always also known about Madam C.J. Walker because in Black History Month, she was always acknowledged. Um, and I am inspired equally by by the both of them. And I think that the legacy that they have left for us is just so powerful. And I want to basically do the same thing, um, is improve the products that we already have and also provide jobs for a lot of people. So the pressure is on. I put pressure on myself because I'm ready to walk into my next phase of entrepreneurship and really it being about creating community and legacy and also innovation. Um, but, but those two women have, have truly, truly inspired me in ways that, you know, I, I can't even articulate. Yeah. You, it looks like it. You just talking about them. You can, it's like your smile, <laughs> you're smiling from the inside out. Um, <laughs> How did they do all of that? <laughs> like I can feel you wanting to be like. <laughs> See, even on a video, I'm like feeling that energy. Like yes. I love it. Um, yes. So, where can everyone learn more about everything that you're doing? If you have any social media, you know, accounts you want people to learn more about you, how can they do that? So you can find me pretty much everywhere if you put in Angela C Styles um, on all platforms. Um, Instagram for the most I'm, I'm on Instagram the most I have a YouTube channel I am I'm, I'm on Facebook and Twitter as well and my website is also Angela C Styles but I have wow. a book called hair but if you put in hair Angela C Styles it'll come right up it's available on all platforms wherever books are sold and it's about teaching young girls how to love their hair and to appreciate curly hair and how magical it is and the fact that our hair is actually alive and that's why wow. it's standing up and it does all these amazing things is because it has a personality of its own. Everyone, please, please check out her book. Um, and thank you. Thank you so much for your time and, of course, your energy and all these amazing tips. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Special thanks to our guests, Jermaine Dupree and Angela Stevens. Be sure to listen download or subscribe to more episodes of unbossed you can find unbossed on apple podcasts spotify google play and wherever you listen to podcasts apple listeners please be sure to leave me a review and let me know what you think be kind but be critical that's okay too don't forget to hit me up on social at marquita underscore harris underscore be sure to use the hashtag unbossed podcast appreciate you thanks guys